Hello, Hello friends. And Mike Idle. Hello, friend. Hi, Jason. How are you? Mm -hmm. Great. It's, it's, it just feels good to be here. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. It feels good to be here. So. Are you having some audio issues, Jason, or just? Well, I, you know, I'm still working on the studio. Does my mic sound okay, guys? Do I sound clear? Yeah. Yeah, you mm -hmm. sound good. Okay, God, sounds good. So I got myself a mic, and I'm just trying to get everything figured out. So welcome, everybody, to Outlawed Live. Um, Co-host Jason Schultz here with Mike Idol with the guy in front of the green screen, Ron Stone. So tonight, I think we're going to, I think we're talking to Neves Farms tonight, aren't we, about Louisville, Ronald? So. Yes, Cameron Neves and Seth Markey. Um, of course, Cameron driving the only modified representing the Outlaws next week at uh, National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville. And of course, Seth driving one of six two-wheel drives, all coming out of the state of Texas, representing the Outlaws next week at the National Farm Machinery Show. For those of you watching at home, let us know where you're watching from tonight. And let us know if you're going to Louisville or if you're going to watch it on the um, the live stream at watchpulling.tv. I feel like, I don't know, Mike and I talk about this a lot, Ron, with social media, but I don't know if more pullers are sharing their National Farm Machinery stuff now more than ever, or just because the algorithm knows that's what we want to see. But I definitely feel like I'm seeing more pullers share, you know, getting ready. Sullivan's put a video up the other day, uh, starting up the mod. It's got like a half a million views yet. And then I see we got Cameron and Seth sitting down there in front of Cotton Candy. So how can you guys hear this tonight from Texas? Cameron, Seth, can you hear me now? Hello? Ron, can you still hear me? Cam yeah, I can hear you. Cameron, you know. Beth, can you guys hear us? We can hear y'all. Can y'all hear us? Yep. Yep. We can hear you. Looks like you guys have got the best seat in the house parked in front of that beautiful mod, but I notice it's only got it's only got two on it right now. When's the third one get strapped on? You gotta wait over. Oh, oh, he's hiding. It's already on there. It's already there. <laughs> There it is. I, I can just see. I can just see it uh, peeking behind you now. I think Seth's head. His big head <laughs> was blocked up in the third motor there. I'm yeah, this is this there. is what one of the um, you know, Cameron, you and I talked at the banquet a little bit about the opportunity to drive this modified with the the three engine setup, and this is one of only two times of the year where you run this setup. Is that correct? This year, we're fortunate to get invited to the uh, truck show in March. Oh, excellent. Wonderful. That's great. So talk to us about the immediate differences. This is one of those things, you know, you and I have spoken a little bit before about how the horsepower to weight ratio at 7,400 pounds and two Hemis is, is really just a bread and butter class. Uh, what changes do you have to make when you strap that third one on as far as driving or anything else that the fans might want to know? The rear end, of course, to, to compensate for the third engine. Um, we'll run more front end weight. You need to get after it pretty quick because the way the sled comes on you so fast. Yeah, that's been that's been one of the most common themes that Ron and I have seen over the past couple of weeks when we talk to drivers talking about Louisville. You can't you can't give yourself that first 100, 125 feet to really get a hold of the track and feel it in your pants. You kind of got to know that you're grabbing it by inside of 50 and then jump on it as quick as you can. Because if you don't have it locked and that speed built up, that box is chasing you. Yes, 
We can just barely hear you guys, but we're going to do everything that we can with it. Ron and Jason, are they quiet on your end too? Yeah, it's kind of coming and going a little bit. It's uh, in and out, really. <clears throat> All right. Is that any better? It's a little better. It's, it still sounds a little muffled for some reason. Well, we're rocking with what we got, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's better. Is this better? Yep. Well, it was. <laughs> I, I, bet, I bet we can make it work. I bet we can make it work. How far of a drive is it to Louisville, Kentucky from where you guys are at? Is that a is that pretty standard for how far that you drive to all your outdoor pools in the outlaw season, or is that one a little bit further? To um, Rock Valley, Mike. I mean, not much difference. Mm, um, sure. Okay. When are y'all leaving for Louisville? We're gonna leave Sunday morning, Rod. S Sunday morning. Spend the night Sunday night and then drive the rest of the way Monday. Okay. Can, can you get in the pits there Sunday night? Uh, no. You're gonna park on the uh, and we won't be allowed to go the broadbent parking lot until Tuesday about lunch, a little after lunch. Okay. So, what different ha do you do to the tractor, Cameron? Besides, of course, adding. Uh, another engine what different uh what do you do differently with the tractor for louisville that you don't do for an outdoor pool i don't know anything or outside right it's just that we we change the ratio in the rear end to speed it up to compensate for the third engine we're a little bit more front end weight for the because we add more power but as far as indoor outdoor not anything different Will you will you check the air quality uh, in the arena? Um, yeah. Okay. And that's something you normally do outdoors as well. Yep. Yes. I, what I are you looking for when you do when you do that? You know, I I know people always talk about you know cool air versus warm air, but what are the talk to us about the science behind that and how you're measuring it and what you're looking for? the altitude might and um the cooler the air the better the air will be but the cool air really makes a big difference and that the cool air of course works in your favor is there such a thing as the air being too cool for you compensate for that but yeah. the cooler the air the more fuel we give the engines i i was looking at the weather in louisville kentucky when we're all going to be there and it looks to be one of the colder National Farm Machinery shows that I've seen in a while. We're going to be looking low, low 40s for highs and, and teens for lows. So she uh, she should be breathing good. Um, fun opportunity, too, right now while we're talking about modifieds that run that run at Louisville. All the different you talk about putting the third one on, but there's a little bit more to it than that when we talk about blower sizes. Now, in the outlaws, you can run two Hemis with 1471 blowers. But at the Louisville show, you can run three Hemis with 1471s, but we'll see other modifieds at Louisville running four Hemis 
with eight 71s. Um, do you like the three combination over the four combination? Do you like the two over the three? What Talk to us about that a little bit and tell us your personal preference. I'm more comfortable with instead of three because of the number of hooks we've made with it. Sure. I'm hooks with three so we can get comfortable with the setup. Because it works better for two and then you set a motor. Otherwise, you would be adding two motors and you'd be changing four superchargers. Absolutely. And I imagine with that, too, you'd have less movable weight, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. the three the three Hemis with the 1471s are becoming really popular in modifieds across the board. And we're even starting to see some of the other organizations running the three Hemis with screw blowers just because it allows them that liberty to put it to the track without frying the tires and move the weight around. So the three engine combination is becoming very popular out there. Um, do you think the three engine mods will beat the four engine mods at Louisville this year? Or is it anybody's game? I think. Yep. We sure hope they do. Yeah. yeah. How many motors do you guys have total? The other thing that works nice is the motors on that modified are identical to what, Seth, you're running in your T-bucket, right? For the most part, there are little differences. I think we've got some different. Two, two of them are identical and the other two are identical. And the only difference between the, those set of twos is uh, rod length, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Tell, tell the, I kind of know this story, but the fans, I'm sure, would like to know. Tell the whole world the amount of motor shuffling and what bounced from what this summer and and what got injured and what came back. A lot of neat, a lot of neat motor bouncing around happened with your team this year. Uh, we broke quite a few parts, Mike. Um, <laughs> Which worked quite a bit, too. Well, we, had a, we had a great year. Uh, we broke one first night out at White Rock, Texas on the tractor right away to be able to go to Rock Valley <clears throat> and then we were in we made it till about the end of July and we uh, broke an engine in a two-wheeler mm -hmm. uh, Reed was driving that night he won the class mm -hmm. and then we were fortunate to keep pulling the rest of the year because Donald Nelson loaned us an engine through Buckner and then we had our motor back in it Spencer. So you, you you were talking about you have your two separate uh, rod links and your your combinations. The same stroke on the crankshaft, then it's just different compression height on the pistons on those, or what? Yeah, uh, what our engine builder wants to do, and we've had two of those switched over now. And uh, okay. Brian Knox builds our engines, and that's kind of what he wants, kind of his combination. Okay, you're still still having a little bit of trouble hearing you guys, but uh, I think you said you're running the same stroke. Uh, on yeah. those motors so there's no probably not much difference in horsepower in the two is there not a whole lot okay seth how did you get the uh how, how did you get uh, the pick to go to drive the two-wheeler at, at louisville this year i guess it was my turn it was your turn huh cameron reed drove there last year so i guess it was my turn this year okay good deal now you had a couple of wins this past season Yes, sir. Uh, I couldn't say how many. Unionville? And not that it was that many. I'm not trying to brag, but we, yes, there two or three. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you won hey, it. Name them all for me. I know Unionville was one. Yes, sir. Uh, Lufkin was one. And then, okay. well, right there at the end of the year, and then Spencer, I, I had a second. Um, 
And then Wisner, I think they had a third right before that Saturday night. Okay. And then Cameron won with the T-Bucket in Sac City, and then that's where you you damage the motor. So are you just listing your wins, Seth, or are you listing the wins for the truck? I guess just mine is what I was doing. <laughs> How many wins did Cameron have with it then? So it was a – you guys did. You had a really good season. Finished third, I think, in points with the modified uh, – the T-Bucket. Did it come in – did it come in at about third as well? Is that right? I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Came in fourth. Came in fourth. Okay. How many years uh, for each vehicle have you guys pulled at Louisville? That's how many times I've been there and ran. Yeah, I can remember the old setup. The old setup ran with three motors by default. Is that, if I remember correctly, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but didn't it have two facing outward and one forward in the middle? Yeah, it did, but when it was built. At the time, it was built to run four, three or four, um, depending on where it went. <clears throat> motors. Yeah, that I've, was, that I've was never a free, free Chevy combination. He was running uh, on that one, Mike. He had the 871s on there. Mm -hmm. um, so Seth, this is going to be, what, your first time pulling at Louisville, right? No, sir. This will be my third time. This, this is your third time. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'll get over it, Ron. How did you do the, the first two times, Seth? It's not even worth remembering. All right, we won't talk about it. We won't go there. We won't talk about it. Um, no, the, hey, we're starting clean slate here. You know, it's a new yes, year, sir. clean slate. Uh, new for the truck. <laughs> this is the one that matters, okay? This is the one that matters for us. 2024 is the year for, for you guys. So who, who do you see, each of you, I'll ask both of you, who do you see as your biggest comp, uh, competition? Uh, Ooh, good question. It, it's your pulling Louisville. I'm saying the guys that beat us in points <laughs> in the two wheel drive class. Not more worried about the Texas guys than you are anybody else, huh? I'm Texas guys are just as capable as anyone else. I mean, there's so many big names that are going. We're just trying to fit in with the crowd and do see if we can pull something out. Yeah, both the classes that you guys are fortunate enough and blessed enough to be pulling in are stacked. And, you know, I say this with absolutely no disrespect to any any puller out there, but some of the classes you can kind of look at and say, OK, here's within reason who we think is going to be top five or top three in the modifieds pulling at Louisville and the two wheel drive trucks pulling at Louisville. You can throw all 12 or, you know, obviously the two wheel drive trucks has even more. You can throw even more than that in there, and any one of them could win. Daddy? Yes, sir, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're trying to hear you guys. It's like I said, every once in a while, it's kind of gotten muffled again. It hasn't popped back out here to the normal sound. 
but uh, um, sorry to spring that on you today, Seth. I thought maybe Cameron called you and told you that. Uh, if you you'd give me a day heads up, I might have been able to pull something together. <laughs> a little better than this. <laughs> Were you going to bring in your own mobile studio, Seth? <laughs> I Yes. It's not very impressive either. Hey, it all works. It all works. Well, it's um Tuesday, February 6th. It's the week before the farm show. We're live with Cameron and Seth from the Neves. The cotton candy, whatever, high cotton, whatever you want to call it. Pulling team, Neves Family Farms. Uh, pulling team out of Texas, McAdoo, Texas. They're going to be in Louisville next week, modified in the jewel drive. If you have any questions, please type them into the comments. We'll put them up on the screen so Cameron and Seth can uh, comment on those for you. So. Hey, Seth, let's jump back over to Unionville really quick. So I went to the Unionville poll, not to announce, but just as a fan, that one's pretty close to my hometown. And I stood up there in the top row of the bleachers and, and you know, just walked the pits and you guys weren't there and the mod class is starting and you guys weren't there and we're hooking mods and you guys weren't there. And then all of a sudden, here comes your hauler just rolling in. And I mean, there's three, four hooks left and i I'm, I'm thinking two questions are they going to get the mod unloaded and ready to go in time and is seth going to have any chance to even look at the track well you could tell them you could tell them what you did without looking at the track in the tea bucket and you could tell us what's it like to jump in the mod or doing anything tell us the union bill story got there a little late to the party we we had plenty of time for the two-wheeler to look track over for that but with the mod i mean I think the the only reason we got the hook is because Wayne had to Wayne went too far long necker restarted the class and I being that first class they were they were having a little trouble getting the show rolling and so it gave us just enough time but I think uh oh I Uh-oh, they're locking up on us. Yeah, it, it kind of went away completely there, didn't it? Yeah, see, Seth, you're pulling on Thursday night, right? Uh, yes, sir. And then, Cameron, your hook is when? Saturday? Wednesday. Hopefully, again, Saturday. And, and, and Saturday. And Hopefully. you can go ahead. Well, that's and, what I meant. We'll go ahead and that's, count that, you know. That's what I meant. <laughs> Just slow down. <laughs> I won't complain if we get to pull on Saturday. No, but. I, I was already counting you in there. So, okay. Cam, so the tractor is going to pull camera driving on Wednesday night on Valentine's Day. And then Seth will be pulling the very next time with the two-wheeler on Thursday night. And hopefully, um, we'll end up in the finals there. Um, Josh Stevens, got a lot of people watching tonight. Josh Stevens asking, do you prefer floating finishes or full pulls? That's what we've been doing with Outlaws for years, Ron. Yeah. Um, that's, we really like that because you hook one time instead of twice. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's... That's something a lot of fans miss that too. And of course the time constraints of events anymore too. If you had several classes going to a pull-off, yeah, not only is it harder on the equipment to make that extra hook, it also adds more time to the show. And Lord knows some of our shows are plenty long enough, to be honest with you. So 
back in the day when you know the, the pull-off was standard operating procedure pushing the equipment as hard as we are today i mean uh cameron back in the in the 80s you know your your dad was pulling and such you guys i mean you might have been pushing them hard but not nearly as hard as what you're you're pushing them now correct Competitive. You know, and what what I saw happening, and I I really got into the height of my fandom in the late '90s, early 2000s, when when pull-offs were still pretty common. But what we started to see was you'd get three or four or five vehicles in a pull-off, and they'd have to make a turnaround so quick, and their motors are so hot. So the the idea of a pull-off is awesome, but then we'd watch four of those guys just bump the sled. You know, a lot of times they weren't able to come back, you know, full power, completely cooled down. And then the guy who would win the thing would win in a pull off with a heavier sled, but only go 120 feet. The other four guys would straight up say it's not worth it to, to risk the equipment. So it was it was natural to go to the floating finish. And I know that's that's not grassroots pulling and that's not what we fell in love with. But it's the world we live in. And I think it works for where we're at now. Well, when you, when you talk about the money involved in, with these machines as well, these power plants, and of course, a supercharged uh, a racing type engine like this, I mean, on alcohol, you know, they're pushing a lot of alcohol past the rings into the oil pan, and that's always a concern, you know, making multiple passes as well. So it, it's safer to do the floating finish. And of course, like I said, the time constraints of an event, you almost have to do the floating finish. I mean, sometimes we have special uh, events where we'll have a shootout or a pull off. Like mm -hmm. we did in Wayne, Nebraska, the, the limited pro shootout. Um, you know, when when you plan for it, yeah, it it works. Uh, but now you can bring it back at the end of the night too, Ron. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the like the the four one shootout, you know, that works. Um, it still makes you know that was that's a big show in Wayne, um, and you know it made it a little bit longer, but you know most of the crowd stayed. But yeah, a shootout or a pull off is popular. It's just the time for it, and of course you know do, do you really need it but of course the shootout too is extra money too so there was three thousand extra dollars going to the winner so it was winner take all in that in that deal so cameron what's your first louisville experience what, what do you remember how how young were you when your dad pulled there for the first time jason it was in 2000 2000 no excuse me 2001 okay we were number, we were that back then they were running two sessions of mods a Wednesday night and a Friday night. Okay. okay. And we were number one hooked the first time we Louisville. So let's go back. Let's let's combine the two topics right there. We're talking about pull-offs. We're talking about Louisville. Um, it's a shorter track. Horsepower's done nothing but gone up. Uh, one thing we've seen pretty consistently over the years at Louisville is these mods uh, are going to get down there they're gonna get into the sand pile and that's kind of a debate in and of itself is a pull is a pull-off almost guaranteed um at louisville with the modifieds just to avoid burying them in the sand do, do you think there will be pull-offs this year with the mods there are sometimes they're not and by the way we will rehook again so you'll you'll drive it right in there, not worried about it, and and bring it back if you're on, you know, if you're able to bring it back. 
That's awesome. I love that mentality. Do you do you bring the sand home with you? If you've been in the sand pile, do you have it? Some pullers will put it in a water bottle and hold on to it as like a memento. Do you have bottles in the shop of the Louisville Beach somewhere? <laughs> so you're you're sitting here like, shut up, Mike. We want to run. We want to get to that sand pile. So, well, this is uh, this is the year. This is the year. <laughs> you know, I, I read an article today that. Uh, it was about the city of Louisville, Kentucky, and how this event alone this next week will bring in over $24 million to the local economy there in Louisville. Um, this is like the Super Bowl of pulling here. I mean, this is the most widely watched pull um, in the world as far as live stream goes and everything. So does that weigh on your mind at all when you're out there getting ready to hook do you think about any of that do you think about all the people watching or is it just are you super focused on on the end of that track driver introduction stuck you get nervous <laughs> doing that <laughs> but the pulling's not too bad i mean just like any other time you just try not to screw up you know what i wonder how much of that 24 million gets spent at Suges. Say say again, Seth. I said, I wonder how much of that twenty-four million gets spent at Stooges. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, Seth introduced me to Stooges last year. Yeah, maybe that's where the twenty-four. That's that's actually you know twenty-one of the twenty-four million comes from profits earned there. <laughs> well, that's a really good time. <laughs> not all of that's probably claimed either, if you know what I'm saying. So it's all good. So. <laughs> Go so ahead, you Mike. said the, the driver interviews while I'm sitting here, this is kind of what Jason and I have talked about too. Pulling is becoming so much more available to people in the social media. Well, Seth, by the time that, you know, we're bringing you around for an interview all the time, and then you guys have been gracious enough, you're going to come back by our booth and do another interview with us. I mean, you're going to be so used to talking to people and, you know, introducing yourself and whatnot that those driver interviews, you're, you're liable to grab a hold of the mic and start announcing or something, you know? No, sir, that will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Seth man. does not enjoy that kind of stuff. So he'd just, rather... just no more photo ops like Wisner, Seth. No. I, I think you saw that at the banquet, right? The... <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> Jason, are you keeping up with these? I don't know where you I stopped am. over here. I'll, I'll leave you alone. I'll let you produce. Sorry. You be the host. Shut up. Talk. Let me do this. All right. Shut up and talk, Ron. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So are you guys all going to convoy up there, all the Texas guys? You guys travel together to when you go to Louisville? group is going through. Um, they're going to travel through Memphis. Okay. They're going through Joplin. All right. They, they're a little farther east than you all are. Is that why? Side of state. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now you guys are over there somewhere around Lubbock, aren't you? Or forty-nine miles east of Lubbock. So I've always wondered this about 
Texas truck and tractor pullers. And I love them. the state of Texas. I mean, you could list, you know, in the outlaws, especially, but even there's a handful outside the outlaws, the state of Texas really represents truck and tractor pulling so well, but the miles that you guys travel is just, I mean, it's, it's big, you know, you, you go over a lot of ground. Where did, where did you guys get so big into pulling kind of being removed from, you know, your prototypical Midwestern states, you know, your Iowa's and Indiana's and Missouri's and, and whatnot. How did pulling get so big down there to where it's, it's worth traveling that much? Well, it was a kid, it was, it was an association called um, Texas Truck and Tractor Pullers. Mm-hmm. And it went, it was a, it was a uh, member state organization of NTPA. And uh, interest, so we had to do it. So we want to keep pulling, we had to travel. So we started running with outlaws in the early 90s. Um, we started off with indoors and with um a group out of Springfield, Missouri, the main attraction promotions. From that, and we started going more outlaws, and then outlaws, uh, Iowa tractor joined up with outlaws, and mm-hmm. put us further in the Midwest, and then it's just kind of grown from that. And and you never you never regret and I mean this in all honesty I'm not making a joke you don't regret those miles one bit I'm sure because it allows you to keep doing what you're passionate about and what you love. No, the season we are getting tired of traveling. And that's one neat thing that I really like that the outlaw organization does is it 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 goes down into Texas and and gives you guys some pulls that are in your home state. Ron, how many? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. How many pulls in Texas typically are there? Two, three, four, something like that. Three, three big events down there. All you know, two session events. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Wright, uh, Deleon, the Peach and Melon Festival there, and then mm-hmm. uh, the Dragon and Pulling in the Pines in October in Lufkin, Texas. Which that event's growing every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I foresee that one is is to to keep on growing with the, you know the the focus they're putting on it. So and I'm sure the Texas the Texas guys like to end the season down there. I'm, I'm sure that's that's a plus for that event as well. Well, and especially when it comes to so many of you mod and two-wheel drive pullers, you can kind of end it in your home state because a lot of times it comes down to a majority of you guys kind of duking that out down there. So, yeah, that's um, – I, I just – I'm thankful that you guys are always putting in the miles and putting in the work because you do such a great job with your equipment and you put on such a great show. We'd be lost without you. You guys make an amazing, uh, you're wonderful competitors and great entertainers, and it's awesome. You know, and, and the outlaws, we, you know, our organization has generally more hooks in each class than your other national organizations. And you know how how much these Texas guys love to pull because if they, they'll have 20 hooks on a mod tractor and they'll still go hook on an off weekend with the Texas truck and tractor pullers. How many passes do you put on the tractor uh, or the two-wheeler at a season, guys? Last year, um, 30, I'm not sure for sure. I'm not positive, but I'm just guessing. That, that's right around about the time to the rods need to be changed out, and then about. To, <laughs> well, they didn't, they didn't last that long, Ron. 
if you're too late, they'll let you know. Yeah, white right. You got like one pass on it for a one exit at the building there. So, um, what's what's your favorite place to pull? You know, I mean, I guess you could put Louisville in that category. But what's your favorite place to pull overall, and what's your favorite outlaw uh, event you pull at? Louisville. I mean, um, it's a big deal to get to go there. Um, my favorite pull outside is White Right because it's in our home state. We've been going there for 40 something years. Wow. Alleys and the Wizards are nice too. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, White Ride, it's over on the east side of the state, isn't it? That's still, and see, this is what I was sitting here saying, and oh, it's, it's wonderful that we have pulling in Texas. But us Midwesterners, we forget just how big Texas is. How long does it take you to drive to White Ride? Okay, so that's that's not that's not crazy. That's not crazy. Is that you driving or George driving? That's, that's George driving. <laughs> Forget the speed limit signs. <laughs> What's the closest outlaw pull to your guys' hometown? What is, is it? Is it Lufkin or is it right right or what's closest one? Delion, Jason. We're three and a half hours in Delion. Okay, gotcha. I, I've never been to De Leon, but everybody says it's like Death Valley, California or something. It's always hot there, right? It's a little bit warm. It's a dry heat. You'll get used to it. Yeah. Dry heat. <laughs> so it, everyone it tells us like in the Midwest, it's just humidity. You'll get used to it. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like a fun event, a peach and melon festival. That, that sounds like it'd be fun. But, uh, yeah, I always hear it's really hot there. But All I can I say is I noticed that the Texas pullers had their jackets on at Wisner this year. So, you know, Texas is obviously hotter than that. Yeah, everybody had their well, jackets on at Rock Valley. That, yeah, you talk about some extremes. You were down in the chilly temps at Rock Valley, and we were turning into puddles at Wisner. So we, we, ran, the, we ran it all this year. Yeah, that was that was that was there. I think even Jason was wearing a coat up at Rock Valley on on Friday night this past season when I got down. It got down into the high 30s there, I think. Well, Friday the two wheelers night. ran late, you know, Friday night, yeah. and um, they were having a hard time keeping the the windshields clear. So that's one good thing mm -hmm. about having a tea bucket, I guess. So that's you know, there's no windshield. So. I think it was about 145. They pulling two wheel drive, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I called it the, the one and a half session Saturday morning from Friday night. I want to, I got a question for Ron on this. I'm going to treat Ron as, as a guest here. So talking about that Rock Valley pool, you guys did go to about 145 and then the Saturday day, Saturday morning show started earlier than initially scheduled as an announcer who speaks for, you know, seven straight hours and then turns right around and does it again, less than six hours or whatever the math is later. How do you do that? Are you running on fumes at something like that, Ron? Or do you just grab uh, the full train and the adrenaline? <laughs> yeah, a good couple good strong cups of coffee in the morning and, and you're good to go. But, you, you know, the voice will usually hold up as long as you're not pushing it too hard. I mean, uh, you know, I sing as well. And and you learned a little bit at this at Wisner this year where you had the, the vocal slap back coming back and delay was called uh, Mr. Cox. Remember that whenever that whenever that put, was one of those different. things that you don't know until you learn it the hard way, I guess. Man, I was 
Yeah, that's there's a lot of little nuances you have to learn along the way. That was that was tricky. And if you can't hear yourself talking, and it's the same as singing, that's why singers have have monitors, is you'll push your voice harder to hear yourself. It's just a natural thing you do. Um, mm. You're talking, you can't hear yourself, but you just talk louder. You don't realize you're doing it. You could lose your voice. Now I've, I've come close to that times before, and sometimes I've caught myself saying, you know, lay back a little bit because you're pushing too sure. hard. But I don't have any problems at at Rock Valley at Wisner now with three sessions and playing music two night, and then you had you know three nights of alcohol to the mix. Yeah, it, by Saturday night, it's it's starting to get a little weak. Well Plus, you've got the Iowa State Fair the two days before it. That's five straight days of some of the hardest hitting pulling anywhere. And and we'll even go back to the pullers here. How do you like that stretch where you go straight from the Iowa State Fair to Wisner? Is it a grind or do you love it? One going to a one hook deal and going home and having to go back. The travel experience nasal feel is very it's pretty hard on us sometimes. Yeah, so that's Russ, a good point. Russ Dostel is asking if you'll have any shirts, T-shirts this year. We'll get some T-shirts. Oh, I've got a great side story for that and the fact that I don't have a cotton candy T-shirt. So at our, I'm a school teacher, as you know, and at our school this week, it was our court warming. And so we had a theme for every single day. And one of the days that they did was cotton candy day. And all the boys were supposed to wear bright blue and all the girls were supposed to wear bright pink. And I thought, man, I'm not wearing either of those, but I could have the coolest shirt in here to celebrate cotton candy. If I had a Neves Farm cotton candy racing shirt, that would separate me from the crowd. So I'm going to have to get one so that way I can wear it to cotton candy. We had a cotton candy day. I thought we were celebrating you guys. Turns out they were wearing blue and pink. <laughs> We'll do our best, but no promises. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, there we Does go. Does the cotton candy name, was that just the natural one from the cotton farm? Is that kind of something you guys always had uh, that you ran with your teams forever? In the 1973. And then the high cotton was just a natural step away from there, you know, with the expression and the song and everything. When did the two-wheeler make its debut? 2017. Question for Cameron and uh, Seth here. Eric Claypool want to know if the party bus has been rented. We couldn't get one. We've got oh, a, you're not driving the big van this year? We don't have the big van. Oh, it's just a regular size van this year. <laughs> okay, all right. You guys had to twist my arm pretty hard last year to get me to go to Stooges with you. Oh, you remember that? I just wandered aimlessly through the parking lot, and this big white van pulls up beside me, and I'm like, oh, great, what's this? It's it's the Neves Farms party bus, and they're, <laughs> they rolled the window down. We're going to Stooges. You want to go? What's Stooges? Just get in. You'll see. <laughs> Jason, is this penciled in on the beer money um, agenda? Is this a part of our itinerary? The trip to Stooges? Um, I'm going to tell you flat out. 
I can't go that hard anymore and still be awesome all day long. So just going to be very, very, very real with you guys. So I thought that's why you were bringing on all our, all, all, all of us to help you out. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been through that stage in my life and I enjoyed it and I was awesome. There's still good stories about me and, uh, but it's time for, for you younger generation to, to pick up the slack. So does that mean pick up the slack and partying or pick up the slack and working when you party? Both, both. <laughs> Makes a lot of fun. No, it's a great, I mean, Louisville's fun because you just get to see everybody um, and making it all happen and everything like that. Cameron, what does, like, what does polling mean to you and your family? Like, like, do you think about it every day or is it a part of your life or is it just kind of a hobby or what does it mean to you and your dad? Well, I, I think it's a part of our life, Jason. We've been going since my whole life. It's our, it's what we do as a family. Uh, we enjoy it. Unfortunately, we can't think about it every day, but um, we have a farm, so we have to kind of put our priorities in order. But we really enjoy pulling, and our whole family goes a lot. Was, was there ever a time, Cameron, when you were, you, you know, just like, you know, this is too much? For, you know, we may just throw in the towel on this pulling deal. Never thought, never thought that. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like a lot of, and that's a testament. I feel like a lot of pulling families have said the same thing because there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of points throughout the 50 years of pulling where people would have understood, you know, we've seen, we've seen the price of diesel fuel get insane. We've seen the miles and the traveling get insane. We, we saw COVID um, and, and how hard it was to get parts. So at any point, I think a lot of people would have understood, but, family after family after family and pulling says, no, you know, this is what we do and we're going to find a way and thankful to us fans. Uh, you guys keep doing that. So that's, I like that response, you know, never crossed your mind. We're going to pull the whole way. We're going to pull until we get some sand on the front of that tractor. <laughs> so what was the first vehicle you ever pulled Cameron, the first tractor you ever pulled down a track? One, one engine tractor. And how old were you? Uh, 14. 14 years old. 14. Uh, I'm assuming that was that was that was George's tractor, and and that was your. He finally gave you a chance. Did you actually drive in competition when you're 14, or was it just like a test took? No, I drove it in the roof class. <laughs> we we just didn't tell my mother when I just cranked it up and drove it on the track. <laughs> Is she just finding out right now, or is it, did you tell her? <laughs> she she knew when he brought home the trophy that night. Watch it. How, how about you, Seth? I mean, was the the high cotton the first pulling vehicle you ever drove? Yes, sir. I had okay. a couple opportunities to drive other people's vehicles, but that came with them wanting to drive the tractor, so that got shut down. <laughs> Now, how do you how do you put a, a rookie driver on you know a Ken Vaney supercharged Chevy two wheel drive? Do you, do you you fatten it up a little bit, uh, Cameron, or you just tell him what to do and let him let him go out there and put the hammer down? His first time was in Columbus, Texas, and I drove it the first night because uh, it was a brand new truck. 
and we had a little bit of problem with the drive line. We worked on it all day, and we put him in the seat the next night. This. And it hooked hooked immediately, I'm guessing, Seth. It went really good, yes, sir. <laughs> did, did you win? No, sir, but I did let out a little early. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it, it was such a blur, and it slowed down so fast, I thought it was over, so I just pulled back on the throttle. <laughs> but there wasn't much left. I don't think I would have won it, but I still got third, I believe. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you I, always I want to pull two-wheel drive? What was that? Go ahead, Ron. I jumped on top of you. I, I, I was going to say, I could see where first time pulling and going that fast, you would think, you know, that you're just going to coast out there, um, you know, with these race sleds and such. So I could see where you'd, being your first time, you'd pull back on a throttle like that. Yes, sir. My mother had bet me 50 bucks that I wouldn't get the throttle all the way open, so... I made sure of that at least. <laughs> did, did you get your fifty bucks? Yes, sir, I did. You yes, she paid up. <laughs> That's great. So, did you always want to drive in the two-wheel drive truck class, and that was a dream that kind of, kind of came true for you, or did you ever have interest in other classes? I've got interest in one class, but <laughs> I like the way you take a good hard look at it. <laughs> No, logistically, hauling another tractor has never been an option. So we knew for a long time that when we get around to building another truck or another vehicle, it was going to be a truck. So, so a couple and years that, before we actually got one built, we started really paying attention to the two-wheel drive guys and trying to pick up on some tricks before we ever got started. So does that even influence the, the reason you decided to go with the T-bucket? Because it stacks easier in the toter? Or okay, so really, so but now that you drive a tea bucket, and we can turn back time about twenty years here when it was a big hot debate across all the organizations, do you feel that there's an advantage? Would you ever drive a full body truck, or do you feel that driving the tea bucket gives you something to latch on to that the other guys don't have? I think the vis- uh, visibility is a lot better in a tea bucket, but I mean, I I've never. Driven one down the track with the body, so. Sure. You know, this is the second version, actually. I mean, 17 was the first year for the two-wheeler, but this is actually what only going into, what, the third season with this new chassis, right? No, sir. This was the first year we had it. 2023 was the first year with the new it's chassis. Yes, 2023. Yes, going sir. into your sec- second season with it. Okay. Yes, sir. Same same power plant, just a different chassis. What was what was the reason for that, Cameron? That you switched chassis on the on the two wheeler? Other chassis was getting wore out. Um, we thought it might help. We built a new chassis, so we had the guys at um, Modern Machine build a new one for us, and we're very happy with that. In fact, we picked it up after Louisville. We left Louisville and went and picked it up. Then we came home. Okay. A year ago. Okay. So the, the chassis you did have on it, you had purchased a used chassis then um, and used that 17 through the 22 season. Um, okay. What 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 truck was that before you had it? Jared Nelson out of Illinois. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, um, no rookie there in the world of two-wheel drive truck pulling for sure. 
Yeah, now, now last year at Louisville, there was uh, something happened in the two-wheel drive class. You had, I think, three teams total showed up with a new tire. Um, I think everyone at Louisville this year will be running that same tire since they finished, what, one, two, three in, in the final standings. So the, the let, playing fields have been leveled just a little bit uh, this year in that two-wheel drive class. Do you think we'll see a shakeup at the top of the list um, this year? What was it? Uh, last year, the the top three were the three teams running the brand new tires uh, that had just come out and was in limited supply, of course, um, before Louisville. Now I think every team there most likely will be running that same tire. Do you think there'll be a shakeup at the top of the list in the finals for the two-wheel drive class this year because of that? I don't know, Ron. came out last year. Both brands there this year. Um, there was only one new brand out last year. It was Nichols. Uh, after Louisville. So I think you'll see both guys running this year. Yeah, it's, it was. It really shook things up in the two-wheel drive world after Louisville when they seen how just how successful those those new tires were. Um, so yeah, I think I think the. the Playing field should be somewhat level this year as far as tires go. Yeah, tires have been the name of the game. It, it seems like, you know, the more you watch pulling every five to ten years, there's a there's a new thing that seems to be what's, what's propelling the sport forward. And I would say within the past three or four years, it's, it's kind of been a tire wars thing. Um, and the more pullers I've talked to, and this goes back to what we're talking about, the pull-offs, um, you, you know, it's old saying, there's no such thing as too much power, just not enough traction. Um, and it's so much more important now more than ever to put it to the ground completely. And so we've seen a higher emphasis on tires, I want to say, than power. And I think we're even seeing this in the mod class too, with them pedaling back and going to the three motors and whatnot and trying to put everything to the ground. Uh, but, but tires seem to be you know, ever since Metos came on board with the tractors and then the new ones with uh, the smaller vehicles, uh, tires seem to be kind of kind of the world right now. Yeah, the, I think most of the outlaw mods have switched back for the most part to the, to the, the pro to pullers. The, the pro pullers. I saw that this summer. Yeah, which I think is absolutely awesome because anytime, anytime you can look at something, this versus that, it gives people something to chew on. So, you know, that's... That makes it fun. That makes it interesting. Well, let's, let's talk technology here a little bit. Cameron, you know, we talked about you started pulling back in the 80s. Um, and you're you're same age as me, aren't you? I think I might be a year older than you, actually. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, you go back to the 80s, you had a single engine Chevy mod. What was you making? Maybe 1,200, 1,300 horse? Or is that more than you were actually making? Probably more than what we'd make it. And then today, you know, each of those motors behind you is what three thousand, a little over three thousand horsepower. Um, you know, we're pushing the envelopes of technology with these engines. And I know NTPA plays with with the screw compressors, the screw blowers a little bit. Do you ever see a time when the outlaw pullers in the mod class would want to 
would want to play around with with the screw compressors or screw blowers a little bit? I don't know. I, I think our class is a very even match class right now. Um, there's new interest. I know there's at least two new new mods coming out for 2024. I'm both those guys out in Nebraska. And I think there's a couple of guys in Illinois will be pulling at Rock Valley at least this year with us. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you know, sitting in on the meetings and, and trying to keep everybody kind of on an even keel, you know, it's kind of a challenge, you know, with the different power plants that are out there and such. So, yeah, the, you know, we keep pushing the, the envelope, you know, with technology. It was funny because at one point, you know, it hasn't been all that long ago when, when Wayne Longnecker had the, the Rolls Royce and was all but dominant in the class with that single engine. Um, I think Doug Voth has that tractor running as good now as what Wayne did, mm -hmm. and he still has a little trouble keeping up. So just a testament to technology and the advancements to uh, in motorsports, what what these engines are making now. It's, it's pretty wild. Wayne Longnecker for years lived and died by 12-cylinder power plants. I mean, that was just you, – you heard the name Wayne Longnecker and you thought, you know, V12 – was going with it. And I remember the year that he came out with the, the twin Hemi, you know, the newest version of the river rat. Did anybody else's jaw hit the floor to see him make that switch to a pair of Hemi's? Or did we know that that was kind of coming based on what Ron's saying here, just the way that technology moves? Well, we've been in shock the year before <clears throat> doing some work on our tractor in between pulls and we knew it was going to happen, but it didn't surprise us. We missed the process. Did did he do it happily or did he do it kind of like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm going to miss these V12s or was he like, all right, let's go to the Hemis. It's time to it's time to do this because I I just always pictured him being someone who who had those industrial motors. Question for Wayne himself. Yeah, I said that's that's a Wayne question. Yeah, I, I, I think Cameron, though, kind of went through the same uh thinking though the same thought process running the three chevys with the 871s you know you know i'm sure you, you go through that thought process with us i mean i'm sure you guys were thinking there's got to be a better way we can do it with a lighter setup and and still make as much or more horsepower right well we started with the tractor that year and um we thought we we thought we could better ourselves if we went to the two engine setup with the hand we were breaking lots of parts with the Chevrolets. More power. Now, kudos to the Almers because they make that thing run like nobody else. I was going there next. They're kind of the exception to the rule there. Uh, not, not only the three Chevys, but the configuration. In a world where we see everyone putting two out front to keep that front end down, they're still running the three in a row stacked. Um it's really, really intriguing because, you know, Cameron, you can see his tractor. He's running that two out front, one behind, which is, is kind of the bread and butter setup. And for them to run the the tiered, the stair stacked, you know, where they don't have that weight on the front, that they figured something out. There's no doubt about that. Did you yeah. notice a huge jump when you went to the Hemis from the Chevys? Just... Just did you feel that it, it it made a noticeable competitive difference? Uh, yes, I think the 
<clears throat> there's that combination of the engine. There's also the combination of the jet. I think that the wedge works better for our amount of horsepower we run. Yeah, the the old chassis was pretty flexy by the time you finally let it go. Um, it was probably too flexy for a three-engine combination. I, I think you would agree, uh, Cameron. So where where did that chassis end up? I, I'm assuming somebody ended up putting a single engine on it somewhere. Wait, um, Ron, it went to Michigan first, and then it got resold, and the guys got it. Illinois, as far as I know. Oh, Muffy ended up buying it first. Is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> that that guy's got his he's got his thumb on every mod chassis out there i think i don't know how he ends up with some of those things but, but guys i'm gonna give you the floor seth uh, you can talk a little bit too if you guys want to thank anybody if you have any sponsors or just folks that help out family or what have you i'll, I'll let you guys have the floor and uh, say all your thank yous here well my biggest thanks to this guy and george and I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for George's start of the addiction. And <laughs> it's definitely carried on downhill to us. Cameron, any folks you want to thank? For us still being able to do it. We do it together. Um, we go every, every mile together. Uh, thank Brad Corporal for building us two, two good chassis that work good for us. Um, he retired. We moved our engine program over to Brian Knox at Boyd Performance, and he does a great job for us. Awesome. Well, guys, best of luck to you. Have a safe trip on Sunday over to the Bluegrass State. Um, I'm going to be over there. I should be over there by, by Monday night, Monday afternoon. And uh, we'll see you over there. Good luck to you. Thank you guys a lot. Thanks, Thanks for coming you so on. Much. Good luck. All right, you know what? We've just about got all of the uh, outlaw pullers going to Louisville on the show. Um, with the exception of a few, I've had trouble reaching out, getting a hold of Frank Boboy in the light superstock class. But then what we have left now are the rest of the two-wheeler guys from Texas. And we're trying to get all them rounded up for next Tuesday for a live in-person interview. Uh, all of us sitting around the round table in Louisville. So um, hopefully- What are you thinking, Ron? Um you kind of have the spot picked out for that yet next Tuesday, or what are you thinking? Well, they're supposed to have a media room there. Um, if, okay. we, if we can get access to that Tuesday night, if not, you know, I'm not opposed to sitting in a in the back of a hauler. You know, right? Uh, a, a media room would be ideal. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's. I think there's a media room at Broadband. I don't know if there is anything that with access to it. You know, anywhere else with we'll double we'll right. come in and double check on all that. So. Yeah. Yep. So Jason, the studio looks pretty good there. You got the TV going in the background and the sponsor. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. We finally got the right lights put together. We um had to buy some box lights and then I on a, I got a mic now. I got the mm. mic a mic. I got mic a mic. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, do, do we have the same mic? I got a I got a Yeti. I don't even know what that means. I think yours I got a Yeti. Yours is yeah. white. Yeah, mine's a, mine's a frosted frog. Yep. So I want I want to get something to set on the table here. But is my sound good? Does it sound clear? Yeah. Yeah. It it's, sounds really uh, good. Your level is a little low. Is it? Yeah. A little low. Is that better? That is. That okay. is. I turned the gain up a little bit. So 
Yeah. No, I, I just feel bad that Seth and Cameron had crappy service there because they're they're such good guys to talk to. Oh, uh, there's so much um so much knowledge there with Cameron and I just love watching George be around the drafter. It's a hoot, you know, and then uh, I know he drives a toter a lot. It's been fun. So it's been fun. They were the that. very they were the very first family that I met in um in the outlaw pulling world when I went up to the well, I think it's the pull plane in the background right there. When yeah. I went up to Sac City and I, I called my first pool, they were the very first ones I talked to. And from the minute I met them, they were nothing but, you know, enthusiastic, mannerly, just, I mean, they're awesome. You won't, you, it'd be hard pressed to meet, you know, more supportive and, and better people out there. So yeah, they're, they're the cream of the crop for sure. So folks, um, also, some folks were asking, uh, and, and we've been advertising this uh, on every show leading up to, Louisville, but if you want to watch, if you're not going to Louisville to watch the pool and you want to watch it at home or at a watch party, um, yep. watchpulling.tv. Right, Jason? That's the site to. Uh, yeah, I put it up earlier on the show. I had it in the comments. Okay. Um, watchpulling.tv is the, you get on there and set up an account to uh, to watch the live stream. Now, they probably have a deal. Uh, I'm not certain. They might have a deal where you get all the sessions for maybe a a little bit of a, a better deal, but uh, watchpulling.tv, the live streaming uh, channel to watch National Farm Machinery Show, the 58th running of the National Farm Machinery Show. So. I, I think it typically runs, we've streamed it in the past, and I think it's like 110, and don't quote me because you get on, as soon as I say something, I'll be way off, but I want to say it's about 110 for the whole week's worth of shows. Um we paid it. That's worth it to us. I mean, that's really, that's really not bad. I don't remember 25 bucks a night, 30 bucks a night. It might be more yeah. than that actually, but Jason, Jason's uh, getting the scoop right now. He's going to buy it, buy it and show us right, right at the minute. I'm not going to buy it because I'm going to be there, but yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it looks like it is. They don't have the price on it until free. It's not free. I can promise you that. <laughs> Let's see here. Get access now. He's going to accidentally buy it. So it's 150 for all the sessions, or it's 40 bucks a session. Forty. And you can watch it up to a year. So, mm -hmm. well, that's just for. I clicked on the Wednesday one. So, for all five sessions, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, day, Saturday, would be 150 bucks, which would be 30 bucks a session, which is a deal. Say yeah. 50 bucks. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, that'd be a deal. And it looks like Good you deal. can uh, watch it. You can replay it up to a year. And this is watchpulling.tv. So, and then the title sponsor this year, where in the past it's been Syngenta for a long time, is Farm Credit. A yeah. um, little bit of speculation if there's going to be some kind of surprise singer come out or something. You know, in the past they brought out Lee Greenwood. They always played uh, Proud to Be an American. And I know when I was there in 18, there was a big secret that Lee Greenwood actually came out and sang it live. A um, little bit of speculation out there. I've been hearing some rumors that they might have something in store. Not sure if that's true or not. Could just be rumor, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I haven't, heard any, I haven't heard anything like that yet, but we all run in different circles and hear different things, you know, so it's all good. What what about any any rumors on a certain awesome outlaw announcer singing any national anthems again this year? Wednesday uh, Wednesday night, I heard that Ron Stone singing the national anthem. So. Yeah. Singing that's awesome. Man. That's awesome. Um, 
Yep, yep, going to sing on Wednesday. Um, funny reading some of the comments, folks talking about the media office and the bullwhip trailer. Yeah, <clears throat> even Foster. Um, I don't think he has it anymore, but he had he had a three O diesel truck, the fire truck one with the flatbed on the back. Did you guys ever yep. see that one? The, he calls it um, the International. Yeah, the old um, like the like a prairie fire truck. Yep. I think it was. I always said I always called it "Stay with it." But I think it's "Stay with it." If I remember correctly, but I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. Go check on that. But yeah, the the Texas guys are a lot of fun. They all kind of park together at the outlaw poles, and if you're ever hungry, you just go. You just go over there, and yeah. they feed you up. They yeah. Sometimes up. at the Texas events themselves, they bring in a whole. They have somebody bring in a whole trailer and and truck, yep. and they feed everybody for you know a couple of days. That's pretty cool. They do it do it upright down in Texas. Uh, Jason, tell us about the booth, the uh, Beer Money Outlaw booth you're going to have. Yes, yeah, so we got a booth together. We're going to um, booth 3194. So the I bought High Tech Redneck. It's getting wrapped right now. We're going to pick it up Friday and then put it in. It'll be inside the Louisville, you know, earlier in the day. And then um, or, and the, the show opens up Wednesday. We're going to have our merchandise booth in there. And then we're going to have some outlaw calendars that people can get uh, for free, some handouts. We're going to have some Polar's Championship calendars. Uh, there's going to be some tote bags, uh, and then we're going to have outlaw banners on each side of the banner. So just really, obviously, the beer money pulling team is a big part teaming up with the outlaws. So we're representing the outlaws while we're down there with our new tractor. I really obviously wanted the tractor to be in there. And then after I kind of quit feeling sorry for myself, after about <laughs> 30 minutes, I was like, you know what? I got an idea. We had a booth last year, and the merchandise went pretty good. And I thought, let's just get a bigger one. Let's go for it. And uh, and here we are. So I'm pretty pretty pumped about it. Pretty pumped about it. Yeah, so. Austin I, watching. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jason. No, no. I, I'm really. I, I was just going to say. I think. I think any year that you don't qualify to pull, you should go ahead and take your tractor back to the booth, and then like 45 <laughs> years from now, you can say like, "Hey, this tractor has been to Louisville like 45 <laughs> years in a row, or something like that," and you can claim that title. Yeah. No. Um. It'll be fun, and, and Austin's got a great comment up there. If you guys haven't seen it yet, so yesterday I live in Richland Center, Wisconsin. Brad Campbell had his diesel super sock, and he's the lone diesel super from the Outlaws pulling at Louisville. He had it on the dyno yesterday, and we had him on the show last week, and they had heard it the week before and took it home, you know, fixed it, and came back to the dyno. And so my singer texted me late Monday night and said they were there, and Chandler went down yesterday. If you guys haven't seen those videos, they're awesome. Um, yeah, please go to the Outlaw Facebook page and scroll down four or five. Uh, it's it's amazing to see that there because that's a wheel dyno like where like with my 4-1 when we go to hearts we'd split it you know and just take the front half of the tractor on an engine stand if you will and hook it up and run it this they actually back it in take off the rear wheels and brad sat right mm -hmm. on it and drove it on mm -hmm. the dyno it's wild and uh, it's one of the coolest videos i think i've seen to watch that smoke and then all the comments and it's pretty you, fun you know what I right? you know what I was thinking the whole time watching that every time I watched it Jason I had my fingers crossed saying don't blow don't blow yeah <laughs> they're pushing them just as hard on the dyno as they do on the track you know and those things yep. are, are crazy I can, I'll bring that video up for you guys so for everybody to watch at home it's pretty neat yeah a dyno runaway the week before Louisville can you imagine that'd be that'd be bad that this we well, should I I think he heard it on the dyno a while back didn't he that's why he's back up there now yeah he heard it the week before he came on the show with us last week, Ron. And yeah, then he came and back Jordan on. Meyer did the same thing with his 4-1. He heard his on the dyno as well. Yeah. So, um, 
it can happen for sure. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, when when you're pushing these things, it, they don't they don't know where they're at, and they don't care. You know, when the weakest link is going to go, it's going to go, and it's just as liable to happen there as anywhere else. And and being a wheel dyno like that too, they're getting the power at the rear end, so that's not true engine horsepower. So the engine horsepower and torque is going to be more than what that reading is at at the at the wheels like that. Let me get this set up here, guys, quick. Marty Samuelson's asking if the new tractor is going to be in Ravenna. I think I can answer that for Jason and say, yes, it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. As long as it's running. So the only time it's going to run before that will be the Pullers Championship. So it's all good. Where will you Where will you make your debut in the seat of it? The Pullers Championship. Okay, you will. Your dad's not driving there. You're driving there. Nope, I'm gonna drive it there, and dad's gonna pretty much wheel it the rest of the season because I'll be busy with live streams and sure. other stuff like that. So, yep. Trying to figure out why my screen is stuck here, guys. Give me one second. Sure, sure. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. We had our Missouri Affairs Convention this past weekend. Uh, guys uh, signed a couple contracts there. And- had a few tire kickers there for some potential pulls, and um, we're trying to get that that schedule locked down uh, before Louisville. So, uh, working some overtime this week, trying to get those those contracts in. Maybe a couple of, of new things on there. So, stay tuned to that final schedule coming up real soon. So, this is at Blackburn Shop. Uh, Where's it at, Jason? And it's in Minnesota, right? Is it in Wisconsin? Cuba City, Wisconsin. Can you guys hear the audio or no of the tractor? Yeah, yeah, yes. we can. Can you hear the audio when I was playing it? Yeah. Yes. You can. Okay, I just want to make sure because that's that's you need that. That's a pretty cool Very video. Cool. Very cool. Now, will will my singer be there and kind of helping out with that tractor at Louisville, or do you know? I, I'm, yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure he is. So I'm pretty okay. sure he is. So my tractor's going back in Brad's trailer, so we're taking it to the show to put it on display, and then it's going to live in Kansas, obviously, with Doug and Scrappy. So Scrappy and uh, my tractor will be trailer mates. So it's all good. So. All right. Well, well, Austin's right. It doesn't matter how many times you see that. 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah, Jeremy keeps saying that high tech redneck will be will become a John Deere and be called the Wood Duck Express. So <laughs> Angry Duck is wrapping it, and they're gonna. Mm -hmm. So they're making all of our new merchandise for it too. We're gonna have new hoodies and new T-shirts that match the tractor. I actually have toy tractors that are we're gonna sell at the booth. We kind of cool. went all in on this, so <laughs> I'm excited. So I, I know a guy that's got a couple of kids. At thirty-one ninety-four. That's three one nine four. Please yeah. come. That's what you're saying, right, Jason? Three one nine four. Come see I bought, us. I bought a lot of stuff to sell, guys. So I want a lot of people to come by. So. <laughs> the the idle boys are going to have a couple of new toys after next week. I mean, oh yeah. man! <laughs> no, I should have brought it up. So their favorite their favorite um, modified is is the cotton candy modified, and um, I don't think there's any toys out there. And my dad's been in um, model making. He he's been making you know toy models of them, and he actually made a cotton candy uh, toy modified really? like one sixty fourth scale. And then my sister who's pretty handy and, and artwork uh, painted it up. Yeah. So they've got a toy cotton candy on display downstairs. So oh, we yeah, we'll have to see that. Uh, it's on my Facebook. I'd have to pull up my Facebook. It's, it's, it's a little under construction right now. Okay. We, we've got, we've got to talk to some three and five year olds about how to play, how to uh -oh. play properly with some of these toys. So. <laughs> it, it might be getting a new chassis as well. So oh, we'll just gotcha. leave it that way. <laughs> Gotcha. So, yeah. All right. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put in the comments, guys, the link. Um <clears throat> oh, there was a link to Angry Duck that show them peeling all the so high tech is all is all painted on there, but like like you know, like some of the small stickers for like the you know, the like a club or whatever, they're peeling all those off and they're gonna wrap over those. If you go to Angry Duck graphics and roll down a couple, um, you can see that it's, it turned out pretty cool to see them do that. So it's been fun to watch them. When we got video. that when we got that video last night, I thought, "Oh, we're getting a, an ultimate sneak peek." Uh, but you're 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 giving nothing away. You got to come see it in person at Louisville to see what it's going to look like. Well, the coolest part about a reveal that's like for me, the farm show is like who's got a new tractor. Like last year, Craig Ledwig brought out his new pro stock, the Fent, and that's mm. the only Fent. And I don't care what motors underneath what sheet metal i'm not one of those like true whatever they call those guys and gals crazy like that i just want to think it'll be fun but the fent last year was going to be fun and i can't you know obviously i want to make our new tractor being a big deal as well so it's all good yeah we'll have it online as well dallas after the show so dallas todd's asking about that so yeah no it's been fun tonight ron let's just kind of get a plan yep. for next tuesday for all of our fans that watch We're, the goal is to get the outlaw pullers together uh, next Tuesday night somewhere and just kind of do a, a round table. That'd be a lot of fun. Yep. So, yeah, it's, we're, we're one week, one week away tomorrow night. It'd be one week, uh, mm -hmm. kicking off the, uh, 58th national farm machinery show. So thanks. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you to our guest Cameron Neves and Seth Markey pulling next week at the farm show. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks to all the outlaw sponsors. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Mike. And, We'll see you next Tuesday night from Louisville, Kentucky. Thanks, everybody. Have a good for night, watching. everybody.